0: Welcome to WHCC Pro, presented by White House Custom Color, your photography and press printing partner. So we've talked about um, a couple different topics today, and for those of you that haven't subscribed to our WHCC YouTube, you're definitely going to want to do that. Um, There's a lot of great information on there. Uh, We have wonderful people who are willing to give their time and energy to share with the photography industry, and on our recording today, Sean, you talked about brand versus commodity you talked about a potential looming recession and as photographers we shouldn't just freak out before we we really find out yeah you know there's a direct ted lasso quote there so will you take a few minutes and just kind of recap some of what you talk about in your full program and i know that program goes a couple hours but for the let's just stick with the commodity side of it
1: how do you avoid that yeah yeah now you're asking me to remember what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, and one of the biggest things is avoiding what we call commoditization, which if you're listening, you're like, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. Basically blending in with, with everybody else, having no reason why your clients should pick you over anybody else purely outside of price and speed. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what commoditization is. If you think about gas prices you probably don't pick your gas based on if it's chevron or shell or whatever it's nope. cool is it is it <laughs> 350 or is it 375 per we're going with the 350 or if clients need something quick they're going to just choose whoever can turn around the quickest and so what happens is especially in these times of like recession brand becomes really freaking important because you see that without a brand you are subject to the commoditization of photography you have images that you take and if that is purely what you're relying on well you have a million other photographers that do the exact same thing right around you and so it's it becomes a matter of if you want to actually survive if you want to grow your business and actually make a living with photography Mm -hmm. you have to become a brand you have to figure out how do you What makes you different how are you standing out in your clients and and that's something that i think you're going to have to figure out especially as you're listening to this and in the next 6 12 18 months you know whatever kind of this timeline looks like for what is in the works because it is in the works it's kind of a matter of how quickly it's going to happen or isn't you know how severe it is or isn't going to get Yep. and becoming a brand is is Quite possibly the number one thing you could you could do is figuring out what is it that you're going to do that's different. How is it that you're going to serve your clients and fit their their needs, and ultimately how are you taking care of this the problems and becoming the solution to them and making them pick you over somebody else? Yeah, definitely.
0: As you were talking there, I'm processing a lot of things and figuring out where I'm going to go next, and I, I'm going to take a little bit of a right turn here, you know, and I'm going to get a little bit more more in the weeds are a little bit more personal because you and I have known each other yeah. for a long time. Um, we've talked to countless photographers. And, you know, as we were discussing last night at dinner, there's definitely buckets that business owners fall into. Yeah. You know, and one of the things you said to me last night is some people, you know, they just want you to do it for them. Mm-hmm. We're not in that age right now. Like people need, you, you have to be invested enough to put the work in. So how if you're if you're tentative, if you're um overwhelmed, like how do you put one foot in front of the other to do what you just said to elevate your brand, to be on social media, to photograph, to sell, to grow? Like all these things can get very overwhelming and it's easy to just sit in the corner and be like I'll just wait this out.
1: Yeah. Which you can't. No, you know. Um so this is something it actually came up during the academy launch quite a bit um so one of the things you know the the course i opened doors up to literally one time a year we do a huge training series it's like three days of training we do live coaching calls and and one of the the questions that that came up from somebody was we know that we want to do it and it was basically the question of like of how We're, Mm -hmm. we're super overwhelmed and the only reason that I think that I have seen success is because I'm willing to just try. And it doesn't matter if you don't know how to do it. It doesn't matter if you're overwhelmed. You just have to do it. And and if there's a, a, a magic answer to how do you do that, I think it, it becomes an internal question. It's like, well, how much do you really want to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and with anybody we make time for what we value we 100 put in work where we want things to happen Mm -hmm. um so you know if you're a, a mom listening or or a parent or you have a relationship if you want to to raise a kid if you want to be a good partner good spouse you have to you you have to put in the work. You Mm -hmm. have to make the time for it. If that's something you value every single day. It's not, it's not something that you can operate from conditionally. Mm -hmm. It's not showing up and saying, well, I'll put in the work. If you can just assure me that it's going to work, (laughs) then I'll do it. Right. How many times have you said that to yourself? You're like, well, if I knew it was going to work, then I'll absolutely do it. But there's some level of uncertainty. Right. And. And belief. And belief. Yeah. Right. And, and so in order to, to move past that, the only way to do it is just to actually start doing, where I think a lot of photographers, what they do is they they live in, we'll call them the buckets, which you know we see a lot of, of buckets, which one of them, probably the largest as creatives that we fall into is this perfectionism bucket. Mm-hmm. And how often have you heard photographers say, you may be listening and thinking oh i shoot i'm, I'm <laughs> that, doing this me. i'm doing this myself <laughs> and you sit there and you say well i'm not going to do this until it's perfect or i'm going to keep tweaking it and just by you know by tweaking it and keeping working on it well it's going to be perfect when i do it but what happens is you lose out on all of that progress versus how much better off would you and your business be mm-hmm. if you just got to what we call the mvp the minimum viable product. What is it that you can do as a bare minimum that you know doesn't look like complete garbage? Mm-hmm. But well, I then, wondered which word you were going to. Well, use I, I I I paused for a second. I, I, <laughs> we're not going to get your podcast uh, banned on 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 podcast, Apple Podcasts or whatever, and we'll avoid Lucas having to edit out the, right. the beeps and yeah. the bleeps and all that stuff. And it becomes a point of. If you can just put out what what is the bare minimum, if you can just go out and do, learn from your mistakes or learn from what doesn't work. And and, and I kind of think of it as this way. It's not necessarily a mistake. You you have two paths that, that each action leads to, two outcomes. The first outcome is that it works and you say, awesome, let's do it again. Mm-hmm. And the second is, It doesn't work and you say perfect what can I learn from this yeah so it's less about failing and I think that that's where this overwhelm comes from a lot of the time it's this fear of failure it's this fear of what if it doesn't work out what if people say that it doesn't and truly the only way to to grow is to just try it and if you say well I don't know how or I don't know you know exactly what the steps are. I don't know how I want it to look. Well, you have to just try something, right? And there are enough resources out there. There are enough educational courses. There are enough YouTube videos. There are enough Facebook groups that will tell you, right? One thing that you can try. And it doesn't matter if it's the right thing. You you will learn, mm-hmm. and if it is the right thing, awesome. But you just have to. You have to start. Right. And it becomes an internal question of, like, how bad do you actually want it? Yeah. Uh,
0: a direct conversation I'm thinking about with uh, Sarah Jane Shorthose. I don't know if you know her or not. No. She's from Missouri. She said, she's like, learn now, perfect later. hmm You know, like, that's, it should be simple, but it's not. And I'm guilty of that. Like, I want it to be perfect. Yeah. You know, and, and thinking about it from the White House perspective, we... You know, we'll launch a new software platform, and it's not—it doesn't have every single bell and whistle that it's, it, it's going to twelve months from now. But it's a way to put that in the market, to learn from that, to figure out what people really are and are not using, and what they would like to have, and then we continue to improve on that. Yeah. You know, and it's—I think sometimes people, you know, look at a a studio versus like us here, and you know, think it's so wildly different, but it's really not. It's just bigger with more people. You know the processes are the same. We just do them a lot of times,
1: yeah, and in a lot of different ways. You know, the the quote I come back to is seventy percent perfect is perfect. Huh. And one of the things I remember, uh, and I think that every photographer goes through this as they begin to grow their business, there becomes a point where um you either are going to let something go or you're going to let your business consume you and for me that was that was part of of the editing process where i i simply didn't have time to do it anymore if i did i literally would have <laughs> driven myself crazy yeah um it would have impacted me on a personal level and what we do is we we oftentimes let our business get put in front of of our personal lives oh 100 yeah Yeah. and and so one of the things we say is we say well we're going to build this business and we're going to build it for me i wanted the flexibility and freedom for people who don't know me i started out i thought i was going to be a cardiologist I thought i was going to go to medical school thought i had my path all mapped out for me and Mm -hmm. i quickly realized that yours truly doesn't do so well when people tell them (laughs) what to do and how to do it. And I realized that I probably won't be so great in a corporate environment or being told that there are paperworks and things that you need to file even as a doctor and Mm -hmm. saying, well, couldn't this be more streamlined? And one of the things that I wanted was that freedom and flexibility. And what happens is I see photographers hold on to things where they hold on to sending their clients emails where they say, well, if I do it myself, then I'm taking care of my clients more or I'm gonna edit the photos because they're hiring me. And so what happens is we see this almost like creative perfectionism take over where everything that they want to do, they want to do it themselves and they wanna do it in the way that they know best. And so what happened is this was an internal struggle I had when I was outsourcing my editing at first. And one of the things was I said, well, it's not exactly how I would edit it. It's not quote unquote perfect. It's not how I would put it out there. And I remember that when I first began to outsource, it was a huge leap of faith where I didn't know what my client was gonna say. It wasn't necessarily that I didn't think it would work. It was, what is my client going to say about it? I know the photo's gonna get edited. It's gonna be okay, but will the client be satisfied? Right. And so I remember editing... One photo. It's actually hanging up in my studio. It's one of my samples up on the wall, and it's one of my favorite photos. And I remember sitting down with my client doing our, our, her image premiere and ordering session, and thinking she's just gonna love this photo that I just spent you know like way too long <laughs> photoshopping the I don't know dirt out of the felt hat and all this <laughs> stuff, and getting the light absolutely perfect and the editing, the retouching is flawless and all that stuff. She's like, oh, yeah, that's really good. And she immediately goes, she's like, oh, but I really love this one. And of course, it's the photo that's like, you know, there's still like a tan line on her arm from her playing soccer. And so the photo wasn't perfect. The edit wasn't perfect. But our clients don't care about that. Mm -hmm. And often what happens is we we sit back and this goes for everything in our business where what we see is this perfectionism almost holds us back where rather than focus on what is important for us, like being able to actually have time and and freedom to do what you want, we hold ourselves back by almost kind of like these archaic processes that we've done time and time again, rather than just saying, we're going to let go. right? 70% perfect is perfect. And as long as it is up to your standards and it's not going to look like absolute garbage when you deliver it to your client Mm -hmm. or when you put it out into the world, you're going to be okay. And so I see a lot of photographers hold themselves back because they're unwilling to, to give up stuff and let go. They're unwilling to put processes in place that are going to allow their business to grow. They're scared to hire help because they're like, well, then we're going to have to train them. And it's like, okay, sure, you'll train them, you know, a week or two to do this one thing. And then all of a sudden, that mm-hmm. frees up how much time for you. Right. But we're scared to take those steps. We're scared to to let other people go. And I think it's, you know, I think it's inherent to being a creative, right? It's, you know, no artist wants to be told that somebody else gets to do part of their artistic process. But it it comes down to a question. We kind of alluded to this. I forget if it was, I don't know, we've done so many live recordings <laughs> today, I forget. It kind of comes down to like, are you going to be an artist or are you going to be a business owner? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, the genuine question Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter which which path you choose you just have to be very clear on are you running a business or you are you an artist right right you know and it's it's interesting when you said that today um that's how i
0: opened my program when i was speaking out in idaho like first of all like raise your hand who runs a business who is a hobby and there's not a wrong answer just tell me because i'm going to speak to the business owners because that's what we're going to do here, you know, and and you do the same thing. You know, you said that earlier, like, it's fine. There's no wrong answer, but you have to know what you have. And if it's what you have is not what you want, then you have to make a change, you know. Totally. And and some of those are going to be major changes and some of them are going to be smaller changes.
1: Yeah. You know, and one of the big things um, kind of comes down to it's like, what do you want out of it? And I, I mean, I coach a lot of photographers, and some have huge aspirations. Some are like, you know what, Sean? Be, if I can bring in like an extra ten thousand a year, just to pay for family vacations, just to, you know, go see my kid who's at college, pay for a few plane tickets, like that's a successful business to me. And so I think it's clear on what it is that you want. Just because somebody's running a million dollar studio doesn't mean that that's success. Just because somebody's running a $10,000 studio doesn't mean that that's not successful. Right. Everybody has their own success. Yeah, everybody. And it it comes down to getting clear on what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. What is it that you want out of your business? What is it that your dreams are? And we then map it to that. It doesn't need to look like somebody else's business, right? It doesn't need to mirror what somebody else is telling you to do it needs to mirror what you want your business to look like. And it's just, right. it comes down to to knowing what you want. And if you don't want to run a business, then that's okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can it do is. this as a hobby. You can love what you do as a hobby. It doesn't mean you need to run a business. But if you are running a business, you need to make sure that you're thinking about it that way. You almost need to kind of, you wear two hats. You wear one as the artist when you're out in the field shooting, mm-hmm. and you put on a different hat when you when it's time to run the business. It's
0: so interesting too, you know, as I'm listening to you, I think that people, I'm not going to say I think, I know (laughs) that people use money as the default.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So if you were going to ask, you know, a hundred photographers, you'd probably have 90 of them say, well, I want to make more money. But I think that there's more to it than that. There is like, you have a, a clear destination for you wanted to have free time. You know, you want to be able to travel, you know, you, you wanted to be able to do these things to make your life more enriched. And that comes from your freedom, you yeah. know, and, and not having to be at a desk job nine to five, you know, and money may be the vehicle to get there. Exactly. But at the core of it or at the root, you know, think about what that really is. You know, is it is it vacations? Is it college, you know, for kids? Is it um, that you want to have multiple locations and grow and be a, you know, a $5 million entity? Like, what is that? You know, and, and start at the end and work backwards.
1: See how that feels. Yeah, you know? and I think one of the things that happens is photographers, when you say that, they're like, well, I want to make more money. They don't actually want to make more money. They want what more money will give them. And they see the money as the solution.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what happens is this often compounds itself into creating a business that actually doesn't give you what you want. Mm-hmm. And there are so many photographers that I talk to, especially at kind of the higher level, where they're starting to see some signs of success. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, you know, we'd really love to, we'd love to grow. To like you know double our double our revenue or or you know whatever it may be and then maybe they're already doing upwards of of six figures, and they go but we we want to do like this and this and this and usually it's like well, we'd love to like spend more time with our kids, mm-hmm. we'd love to actually like be able to take a freaking vacation for us. Right. we haven't you know we haven't taken a vacation me and my husband for five years because we've been so busy running this business and right. so. What they do is they say, well, we want to see more success. And they think, well, when I have more money, it'll be easier. But all that happens is you suck yourself into this tornado Mm -hmm. of just pulling yourself down even further down this, I don't know, it's kind of like this quicksand trap. Like the harder you struggle, the deeper you get into it. Right. And rather than just take a step back and say, what is it that I actually want in my business? Mm -hmm. What is it that I want from my business? And While people say, well, we want to make more money because it, yeah, money is the tool that allows you to do a lot of those things. We have to look at it from a perspective of more money is not the answer. It's not always what's going to lead you to success. Um, And if you think that more money is going to fix your problems, (laughs) you're in for a rude awakening. What's that saying? More money, more problems. More money, (laughs) more problems. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we ask, uh, I mean, we see this all the time. Uh, You ask, You poll people and you say, you know, what's your ideal amount of money? And they say, 100k. And then you poll everybody who's making 100k, and they say, what's your like? What would make your your life more worth it? And they say, well, making 200k. So you ask people that make 200k and they say 400. You ask the people that make 400 and they say a million. And you ask the millionaire and they say five. And then you ask the five millionaire and they say ten. Yeah. And so what you see is that there are clearly lack of lack of clarity on what it is that truly matters. Mm-hmm. And more people and people see more money as the the solution. When you know, I bet if you were to ask somebody with a hundred who wants 100k, if you gave them five million. And they said, "Oh yeah, it solves all our problems." But when you put them into that situation, now all of a sudden, it you have the same core problems because now you haven't prioritized what's important. You have you've lost sight of it. You put your sight and your focus on your money, right? Um, and and so I think that's something that a lot of photographers struggle with. Is they say, "Well, if we just made more money, that solve our issues, right?" But mm-hmm. are you clear on what it is that you truly want out of life? Right. Is is more money really what you want? Mm-hmm. And my my answer is no. Right. I, yeah. It may give it may give you what you want. It may make it easier, but it's it's not what you want. Yeah. Absolutely. There's
0: that's a very in depth thought process of really figuring out what you what you really want. You right. know, and what is going to fulfill you at the end of the day. And you know, on the business side of things, when you say I want to you know double my business or I want to grow it here. If you don't have your ducks in a row, your processes in place, your outsourcing your staff, whatever that may be, to double that income means double your work. Yeah. Almost or close to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. Because the the magic bullet is not just raising prices and boom. Yeah. Hundred percent. Be nice income, if it was. Wouldn't that be great? You know, and it may be okay for a few months. <laughs> but then it's not, you know, and you, you have to be careful about that. You know, it is. I think that that was a very spot on description. You know, you get sucked into a tornado, you know, and you're fighting to get out of it. And when that train's rolling, it's hard to get it stopped. Yeah. And you have to, you have to make plans and you have to think about, you know, the, the long-term and, you know, retirement
1: and what does that look like? Yeah. Are you going to be shooting until you're... Seventy five, eighty. right you rolling your walker up to your photo <laughs> sessions <and laughs> that's just right. kinda, you know that's just the fact of the matter yep. like <clears throat> what is your exit plan yeah and 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 one of the you know discussions that i've had with photography friends is um they're like oh you're like you don't have any employees and it goes i have no desire to do that i am very clear on what it is that i want out of my business and it, i'm very clear on what my business has yeah. given me Absolutely, I outsource. Absolutely, I have help. You know, no business has ever been created by one person alone, right? You think, you know, back in the day, Steve Jobs or Tim Cook (laughs) is literally manually building the iPhones? Probably not. Probably not. But one of the things that we look at, we say, well, you know, if I could just have this amazing big studio and all these employees, and you have to ask yourself, you have to get clear on, okay, well, what is that going to look like? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you know, especially during um, COVID, a lot of individuals that ran studios, their biggest fear is, holy cow, I've got five employees now that I need to figure out how to make payroll. Mm -hmm. And we've got no clients coming in the door. It becomes a different level of business that you run. And so you have to get very clear. It's like, what do you want out of it? What is it that you want? And so Again, there's no right or wrong. It's it's purely what what works for you, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you also have to really understand what is it that you're signing up for. Bigger, bigger stuff doesn't always mean, you know, right? That it's going to be better. Oh, bigger isn't always better.
0: Yes, that yeah. that's a good quote right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, what you're talking about with the studio and the and the employees and stuff. I mean, none of us thought that 2020 was going to happen. Yeah. I I don't know a single person was like, oh yeah, I could see this coming, you know, and, and was prepared for it. But there's people who made the most of it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and they took that, that time that we all say we don't ever have. And, you know, when there wasn't anybody coming in and they, they prepared, you know, they put the work in then and, you know, also took time for their families and they're the ones that are, you know, on a, on a good path Mm -hmm. right now. And that takes a lot of um, maturity to not be like, I'm just gonna, you know, take a month off here. That'd <laughs> sure be nice. I'm not even gonna think about anything until, oh, the world's gonna turn back on. Oh, great. Now we gotta catch up. Yeah. You know. And that's a that's a sinking feeling to have. But yeah, I mean I'm I'm with you, Sean. The the lighter that you can run the business, you know, as in like Overhead expense as yeah, staff, okay.
1: yeah, full we, time, yeah,
0: all the things. You know, if you're able to outsource and you know the the virtual assistants and the things like that that we can truly make use of now, that makes a photography studio a very viable business to be very successful, because you can run it a little bit lighter. We're in a yeah. we're in a different age now where the expectation is not a brick and mortar studio anymore. No. You know, it's, it's very, very, very acceptable to work out of your house or to just completely work on location. Yeah. Totally fine. You know, where 20 years ago it would have been like, well, you know, this person probably isn't viable or isn't serious because they
1: don't have X that doesn't exist anymore. No. You know? And, and one of the things I think like photography is one of the best John best industries you could possibly get into if you're looking to do that because you can run it so lean. Mm -hmm. It's you know like you mentioned you know i built a a six figure business basically from like the trunk of my car like i'd carry studio samples into a starbucks or to my clients homes mm-hmm. and simply because i didn't have a studio didn't mean i couldn't make it happen right um so just because you want a studio you know sometimes you have to say okay is that the best move for my business and yeah. eventually you know I, I now i have a a studio space i call is Basically, my sales room, because I have no desire to really do studio photos. And mm-hmm. and I just, to be frank, got tired of hauling my samples <laughs> yeah. out of my <laughs> trunk. But it wasn't something that was like, this is going to make me more professional, or this is going to make me more money. It was simply, let's just do something that's going to be a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Now, has that potentially brought more business as a result or allowed me to have higher sales? Well, maybe you know, I'm able to show wall art better. I'm able to show products a little bit more easier. I can expand my product offering lines and all that stuff. But it wasn't like, I have to do this to be successful. There are ways to be successful without, you right. know, jumping all the way to the to the top.
0: Yeah. It's, and just putting the work in too. You know, you're, yeah. w- you're willing to put in the work. If you're traveling with, you know, uh, a trunk full of samples and you're carrying them in and out and you're doing those things, that's hard work. And cutting your teeth on, you know, that time of your business and building up to where you're at and to do do those things in the right order. You know, you mentioned 20 minutes ago that, oh, I'm willing to try this, but I, I want to know that it's going to work at the end.
1: Yeah, the conditional
0: commitment. Right. That's, that's a good description. But think about how condition a conditional commitment a brick and mortar studio is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I'm going to agree to pay a $5,000 a month lease and a $100,000 buildup. And sign for the next seven years, and just pray yeah. that there's not a pandemic, that there isn't a a recession, that there isn't that I don't have a, a personal emergency that I that that I can make those things happen. Because when you get drugged down by that, that pulls creativity away. It it makes all this so stressful that it's not enjoyable anymore. Yeah, you know, and there's no guarantee on that.
1: No. And it kind of comes um, from almost like this, like mat. I think it's Pavlov uh, Pavlov's hierarchy. Some uh, some psychologist who studies basically like behavior. Um, and I think it's Pavlov. So if you're listening to this podcast, you can look it up. <laughs> but it's basically this. It's it's a pyramid. Mm -hmm. And basically at the most, at the base of the pyramid is like human necessities and that's like food, it's shelter, it's, um, having like warmth. Right. And as you build up, what, what happens is you move up into what we call like these, like enlightenment levels. And so you have like these, think of it as like layers of a pyramid and like the next step up, it might be like uh, maybe your your purpose is like having family or maybe it's, you know, building a good career. And then at the very top, it might be like um, individual spirituality or, or something, you know, individual enlightenment is what we'll call it. And so there are like these levels to the pyramid. And what happens is you can't really move up until you have those, those we'll call them primal needs met and so what happens is when we we operate where you mentioned like you know taking on a huge lease taking on all the you know either debt in a business or or these risks in a business now what happens is it it inherently drags you down that pyramid whether you want it to or not where mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you're trying to meet these these basal needs where you absolutely need to have them met and what happens is it it doesn't allow you to kind of reach those higher levels as as a person. Hmm. And so what happens is these people that say, "Well, I'm I'm just going to do you know, I'm just going to reach for the top right from the get-go." Rather than doing it in a way that say, "Hey, let's let's start from the bottom. Let's just like get all this stuff met. Explore our our creativity a little bit as we kind of have those needs met and then what we can do is we can make the logical steps to to grow our business." Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I think about it. And, and part of it too, you mentioned like, you know, sharpening your teeth. It's, um, there's another, I I like, love psychology. Mm So I mean, that's what drives consumer behavior. There's one, it's called the, um, and they basically call it like the thought experiment machine. And basically they're philosophers and they say, okay, you have this machine and let's say that that machine for you as the photographer, you want to, you want to create a, a, studio you can be as many clients as you want as much revenue as you want you know whatever it is and all you have to do is you go through this machine and it's going to create that for you it's going to give you all the desires that you want or the other alternative is you actually go out and do it and you you follow that journey you follow the path you actually have to go out and do and everybody who says that they went through that machine was not as satisfied as had they gone through the journey. And so what I say is as you're on this journey, enjoy it. right? Take your time, actually savor it because these steps that you're going through to get to where you wanna be are gonna be so much more rewarding than if you just simply took the easy button from Staples <laughs> back when, <laughs> you remember those commercials? I do. <laughs> and, and just, <clears throat> Raced your way to the top, and and so I don't think there's anything wrong with going the the long route. No, I think that there's much more reward and there's more satisfaction of looking back. It's you know it's the same as if you climbed Everest versus had a helicopter drop you off right. at the top. Which are you <laughs> gonna feel more uh, <laughs> yeah. satisfied about? You got it to the top. You can say that you summited Everest, but mm-hmm. one you took a helicopter to the top, the other you actually made your way to the top the old old-fashioned way. Yeah, that's that's a
0: that's a great way to to look at it, Sean. And immediately that Adam Sandler movie popped into my head where he finds the, the click. remote. Yeah. The <laughs> <click>. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. And so we had um, guests here a few weeks ago um, KDI Photography from Flagstaff, Arizona, and the wonderful people. And they had created a video and we had shared it. Um, And we played it during their YouTube live. And I didn't pick up on this until they were here. And they explained the reason that they did this in the video the way they did. And there's images that are coming up during the video. And it starts with maternity and then newborn and then, you know, first birthday and family and then, you know, working up. And it finishes with um, an elderly couple, you know, grandma, grandpa, you know, probably in their 80s. But the thing that I didn't notice until she pointed it out was that. During that video, those images come faster and faster and faster and faster, mm-hmm. and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and she's like, that represents life. You know, because to begin with, you know, everything's slowed down. You know, your summers are long. You're, yeah. you're on your bike. You're playing. You're, you know, you're, you want to grow up. You want to do these things. And when you get there, it speeds up, you know, and it's crazy. It really does. But to think about you know, enjoying that journey and relishing in those successes, learning from the failures, it's important. It's part of it, yeah. It's how we learn as human beings.
1: Yeah, it's and I think that um, that like really almost like savoring those lows too mm-hmm. like being present in those lows makes those highs so much sweeter. so, um, so I, I ski quite a bit mm-hmm. and so we went took a, a guy's trip down to to Mount bachelor in Bend, Oregon and We had one of our buddies flew out from Pennsylvania and he's like I finally get to ski on an actual mountain Right, <laughs> he's used to like these little hills out there. Yeah, and so we show up and we're so excited. I'm looking at the forecast and I go boys, we're gonna be in for a frickin time tomorrow we're talking whiteout conditions we're talking. Took us an hour and a half to take a thirty-minute drive because of snow and ice on the road, and everybody driving <laughs> ten miles an hour. And we get up on the mountain, and it's just wind. Like I got out of the, got off the chairlift and almost got blown over. Like we're talking like oh 40, 50 mile per hour gusts. Quite possibly the worst conditions I have ever skied in. We were talking like literally icicles forming on your face as you're going down the mountain. Like <laughs> Sounds like Minnesota. <laughs> literally. Three feet of powder. You can't even like stay above the powder because you can't see to go fast enough. And so all of a sudden we get back, we go, that was like one of the worst days of skiing I've ever experienced. The next day we had the most beautiful conditions. Bluebird skies. It was the perfect snow. Literally... Could not have asked for better conditions we they opened up one of the lifts that opens up like 10 times a year just happened to be on that day how much better was that second day after you've gone through the crap of the first day (laughs) and i think that that summarizes how a lot of people need to experience life which Mm -hmm. is yeah you're gonna go through the lows Mm -hmm. they're not you can't make them go away no they're coming but those highs are gonna be so much sweeter when Mm -hmm. you actually have experienced those lows and you actually, you learn from them, you grow from them and it just makes that, I mean, that's what life's all about. Right. Right. Is, is dealing with both and, and figuring it out along the way. Yep. You know, and, and
0: to bring this conversation full circle of my original question for you of how do you put one foot in front of the other and how do you get started and not be overwhelmed? It's that it's experiencing both sides of that. Yeah. And knowing what that high feels like after the bad day, you know, and and keeping on with that and, and keeping sight of what's important and, and understanding and respecting the low.
1: Yeah. Respect the low.
0: Yeah. Respect it. Yeah. So, well, this has been awesome, Sean, that, uh, I think that was about an hour. Wow, (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll get home tonight after dinner, and and Kelly will want to talk, and I'll be like, "Yeah, there's no more words today. The words, (laughs) the words are done." (laughs) Awesome. Well, we appreciate you um, being here and sharing and hanging out. Thank you for having us. it's been fun, and I believe that it's darn near time for tacos and beer.
1: Let's do this. Awesome.
0: Thanks, Sean.